0: Okay, so let's have some incredi- incredibly complicated fun. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to scaffold well, the, the last two weeks really rapidly, and then spend our time focusing on the, um, the third page of the makura. So we'll start like this. The Gemara and Kulin, all right, this is source number one, asks the question, where do we, what is the biblical source of that statement that the rabbis, which turn out to be some rabbis, rabbis other than Rabbi Meir, Make that we follow the majority, and then we quickly qualify that, say we understand that we follow the majority when it comes to votes. That's fine. There's a pasuka who Rabbi Malato teaches us: if there's a vote, you follow the majority, and we also follow the majority in one kind of one kind of case, uh, what I'm calling a bounded set, which means if you have um, ten, if you have ten stores selling meat. And it turns out retrospectively that nine of them were kosher and one of them was trafe. Ten stores, we're going to s- assume, uh, for our purposes, they have the identical size selling indistinguishable meat uh, other than the fact that one of them turns out to be trafe, that the animal they were selling me turns out to be trafe. And I find a piece of meat um, in front, uh, in a space where it could only have come from those stores. So that piece of meat has a 90% chance of being kosher. Equally like many of those stories, right? It's, it's equidistant, right? We're gonna solve, we're gonna we're dealing with a, like you know, a dream case is you know the stores are in a circle and it's at the right it's at the you know the exact point of the circle, so it's equidistant from all of those from all those stores. Okay, right, we're gonna we're gonna right we're dealing with abstraction. Okay, so I'm allowed to eat that piece of meat. Okay, so that's also Akhari Rabbi Okay, there is a there is a anything more than 50%. Anything more than 50%. Okay, there is a joker that we have to remember later. The Joker is that if I bought a piece of meat in one of those stores, I don't remember which one, then I can't eat the meat. Okay, right and that meat, right, that piece of meat is considered to be have a fifty percent chance of having come being either kosher or treif. Don't try to think. Don't don't dress, remember. There's a Joker. We'll get back to it. <laughs> okay, for our purposes, we've eliminated that case. That's a bounded set. We're so we're fine with that. The only case worth considering when we ask the question zilbataruba. The question we're asking is if we have a minor, let's say we have a minor, we have a minor girl, and unfortunately, um, unfortunately, her, uh, right? She was married as a, she was married as a child, right? So we're going to leave aside all the moral questions. We'll shout Givolt, right? Done. You're supposed to shout gevul. We discuss morally troubling hal- issues, then you go on. Uh, right, he still discussed the case. We're dealing with an abstraction, right, so we're going to deal with it, right? So we have a, everyone's going to be very upset with me, but we're going to deal with an abstraction. You have a minor, a minor, right, a minor girl, she's been married and now her husband died and he didn't have children, so now she is subject to yibum. Do we allow her to do yibum or not? So the answer, right, why, why does it matter? Because if she turns out to have been an islandate, right, if it turns right, which we don't know now, but to be an islandate means she never hit sexual maturity. So if she never hits sexual maturity, um, right, then it will turn out retrospectively that uh, having sex with her husband will be incest, because yibum always exists on this knife edge that if it's it's either mandatory or forbidden. So if we allowed the yibum now, we are right. We are taking a right. We are taking whatever the risk is that this girl will, this girl will not grow up sexually. We're taking the risk of telling of telling the, the couple to perform. Right, to perform incest. So are we allowed to take that risk or not? If we follow the majority, then we can take that risk. If we don't follow the majority, then we can. Okay, and this is an example of a probability that is. Majority meaning most girls Yeah, right, it's, right it's, it's not really a majority, it's a probability. Right. right. It's a probability, and it's not a probability based on a bounded set, it's a probability based on our prior experience of the universe. Okay, right, so, so that's like the, the, the question we're asking is right, when, when those rabbis say "zeil Bata aruba," right, those rabbis were everyone but Red Mayer, right? Right? What is their source for saying that we would allow this, that we would allow this uh, this girl to commit this, already we've encouraged this girl and the man to commit this right this sexual act when it has a, um, a when it has a finite possibility of being incest? Okay. Now we're we part one. the so Gemara tries the tries to answer the question. The way the Gemara tries to answer what is a biblical source. Okay, now keep in mind whatever you know it can't prove too much because it can't prove it can't be an, un, an utterly you utterly know, absolute biblical source because if that were the case, or mayor's position would be wrong. Right? And we never reject, we never say that Tanaim are completely wrong. We can say Amaraim are completely wrong. But in the context of, of the Talmud, we can never say Tanaim are completely wrong. So it has to be a biblical source that can in some way be finesse. But the biblical sources that we try are all attempts. But are all attempts to prove that there are mitzvot that would be impossible unless we permitted following a majority. The the easy example of this is um, is um, an animal is not kosher if it has a puncture in a vital organ such as the trachea or esophagus. Okay, so there's a right. So after you shaft an animal. You're supposed to check whether it has punctures in certain vital organs, right, for example, right, that lung specifically. Okay, now how do you check? The, but among the vital organs are the trachea and esophagus. So now you shected the animal, and now you check whether it has punctures in it. Well, it turns out that all shected trachea and esophagus have giant holes in them. <laughs> um, now, that hole is caused by the knife. But you can no longer know whether there was a hole before the knife in the place where the knife went. So we should never be allowed to eat meat unless we hold zilbha sarubha. Right, Unless we hold the majority, because every time you eat meat, you're relying on your probability from vast past experience that, right, you know, you chef the animal and there's space for 100 knives and... Right, and um, and there's very and there's rarely a hole in the other ninety nine places, right? So each time you shift to a different place, and each time there's not a hole, you can right, derive. Pro- probably there wasn't a hole, but we could just say, okay, so let's not eat meat. The answer is that at least once a year, the Torah compels us to eat meat. It requires us to eat a korban pesach. So the fact that a korban pesach is right is right, eating a korban pesach is a mitzvah in the Torah proves that we rely on majority. On this, kind, on this sort of probability. Okay, what about Robert Mayer? Right, so the Gemara said, about meat, maybe Ray Mayer was a vegetarian. But he can't do anything about the current Pesa. So the Gemara comes up with an answer that just blows the whole conversation out of the water, which says, you know what, maybe Ray Mayer agrees that we follow the majority where we have to. And not where we don't. And now we have no proof at all. And that's where the sooky ends. That we have right, we have no biblical proof for the notion that we follow probability in this way. Okay, good. That's where we are, right? We have no, right? It's a dispute. The rabbis say yes, Ramirez says no. We don't know what their dispute is based on. Okay, now we get into the Rashba and Teresa Habayas, Now we're on page three. Um, the Rashba and Teresa of um records an argument between himself and the Rambo. Yes. If to have a Yeah. So you said that's I mean, the most direct application is in a um, case of. Yeah, but that way that everyone agrees, right? That's not because that's, that's not that's not that's not the role we're That has a biblical source. Right. So that is that is the that's the C boy, right? Akhrib yeah, right. applies to votes. Yeah. Okay. And then like you're saying applying to evil or so not. Right. Then so the question is do you extend that to Or maybe it's not the same principle at all? Or do you know if it's about extending It could be. Yeah, it tries, all those other sources. Mm. Right. It just says there's no proof, because actually we're lo- right? Because we, uh, we can all agree that, the, <coughs> that we follow probability when we have to, and that tells us nothing about when we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the Rashba, uh, the Rashba records a dispute with the Ramam, which um, we can abstract as follows. There are certain cases where Halacha tells us, Halakha di tells us that uh, a suffik is Mutter. Right? The classic case is mamzer, and right? there's another case which is a halakha Sinai, which is which is orla and chuslaris. Okay, so now what does it mean? The Torah tells us that, that a mamzer vaday cannot marry someone who's not a mamzer, but a mamzer, but right, but a mamzer d- on a biblical level is permitted. So there are two possibilities. Uh, one possibility is that right that the Torah is telling a, is setting a paradigm. Right, just right, it's telling you that all biblical prohibitions only apply to cases where there's certainty and not to cases where there's doubt. I mean, in general, right, I always take that that all biblical laws are either are either paradigms or exceptions. Right, the Hebrew terms are right, are either a binyan or a uh, And the difference in a and a is which way you thought it would be without the verse right it's whether it's intuitive or not intuitive uh, so right so right you have this law moms are orvada below moms are suffix so now the question is oh that makes sense yeah sure so let's ex- let's make a meaning no all biblical laws right all biblical prohibitions at least are only vada or not suffix that is the Ramos's position and the Rasha position is no obviously the Torah had to say it in this case but it's not true everywhere else. And they were the fact that the Torah says "mamzir moms are teaches us that everywhere else, "safek de is, uh, is right is l'chumr. Right? So there's a machlokis, right? And it gets complicated in ways that don't matter to us because every time you have a you have a paradigmatic case, right? So the, you know, so the irony is, if you find a second case where the Torah says it, that's a challenge because why did the, why you, right? If you thought it was intuitive, so it would expand ever. Why do you need the second case? So the second case means it's coming to limit it, right? So right. So we have all those challenges. I know because I might have thought there was a partial limitation, right? But we're gonna assume that we can mechanically do that for every case you find. There are lots of other cases. We'll have to find ways to mechanically make each of them necessary. We're gonna bracket that for our purposes. Okay, so um, the, right, so the Rashba, the Rashba says that Mamzer is the, um, Mamzer is, is the exception. And normally a suffix Oraisa is de Oraisa. And the, and the Ramam says that Mamzer is a paradigm and a sapphic and a de is always mutra dearesa. and the rule sapphic diraisa the is dirabana. Okay. Okay. Now the Rashba has two proofs for his position. Right. That's where we get where. That's what. Those are the two proofs that interest us. Um, so the first proof is somewhat straightforward. So I'll do it with you outside. And the second proof. Well, I'll try to we'll see if I can do both of them outside. There are two proofs. Right. One of his proofs is I think fairly simple for us to understand, but takes a little background. This proof is uh, there's a thing called an asham taloi. An asham taloi is a sacrifice you bring when you might or might not have sinned. An interesting thing, right? those sacrifices are brought because you sinned, but an asham taloi is a sacrifice you bring because you might have sinned. Now there's a dispute about what sorts of what sort of mites make you bring this sacrifice. The ora this right, the calls this, there's one position that says, That you only bring this mite sacrifice if, in a case which is analogous to there being two pieces of meat, and it turns out retrospectively that one of them was kosher and one of them was treif, and you ate one of them, and you don't know whether the one you ate was kosher or treif, then you bring a sacrifice. That everyone agrees. But some people think you even bring the sacrifice in a case where there's one piece of meat, and you don't know whether it was kosher or treif, and other people say, no, the one piece of meat case doesn't work at all. right? that case, right? That ca- that case you don't bring a sacrifice. The Rashba's proof is within the position that you bring the sacrifice even if it's only one piece of meat. Okay, and the Rashba says that position, that you bring a sacrifice if you ate one piece of meat, which you later find out had a 50% chance of being frafe, that position, he says, makes sense according to me, and not according to the Rambam. Why is that so? So let's even take a look at the bolded section on page three. Right here's right, right, the second bolded section. He says, "Mikol makom I've gotten out of all the other ways, all the other proofs I had against the Rambam, and now I have a proof. I've got a, but I've got a proof that I think is dispositive. Sheim uh, Kane, If the Rambam were right that suffek de'araisa lechumra is a drabanan principle. Asham taloi. Then this, right? This sacrifice that you bring, um, that you bring, that you bring for part, uh, for partial, uh, for par, right? For for a, for a, for a subject. According to the person who says that to bring this sacrifice, you don't require there to have been two objects, but it's even enough if there was just one object. Hechi How could you ever right, How could it possibly be, according to the ramam that you brought a sacrifice? If you have one piece of meat and there's a 50% chance it's straight for kosher, says the Rashba, so then you're allowed to eat it according to the ramah. the Arisa. If you're allowed to eat it, how can you bring a sacrifice afterwards? Now you'll tell me, hang on a sec, there are two pieces of meat, according to the ramah you're also allowed to eat it. So why does the Rashba's proof work only according to the person who says one piece of meat and not, and not from the case of two pieces of meat? Yes? Exactly That's right. Exactly right. So the Rashford's underlying assumption is that nothing, 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 no, well it has to be be very careful, right? right? So if you say nothing can be allowed, there's no difference between one piece and two meat. right? What he says, but what he seems to be saying is if there are two pieces of meat, then you're allowed to perform the action of eating, but the thing you ate might still be prohibited. You're allowed to take the chance of eating something that is prohib- that it, of eating something that is prohibited. But if there's only one piece of meat he seems to be thinking, then to say that you're allowed to eat it means that we must regard this piece of meat as something it is you're allowed to eat. Not that there's a chance you're allowed to eat, but something that you're allowed to eat. And that he thinks is incompatible, according to the Rambam. right? Or that that if if you're allowed to eat it, right? So he seems to believe that in the right, that in the Case for this one piece of meat, we have to treat that meat as a permitted piece of meat, whereas in the two pieces, we don't have to treat the piece of meat you ate as a permitted piece of meat. We just treat it as a legitimate chance. Yeah. In both cases, it's a probability that a possibility that they might have. Yeah. So then but when you ate it, wait, was it What 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 was it? If you were to ask the question, we would have let you eat it anyway. Well, but then, then As the doesn't believe that we can have to say, if you ask me, am I allowed to eat this? Sure, go ahead. Ah, bring a sacrifice. You can only eat things where, you're where there's only where, where there's only one. You only eat something where that's the only thing in play, right? That, that, right? It's a very delicate move, right? Go to two pieces. We say, okay, right, you know, we, we say, we, we allowed you to take the chance, but the rea- maybe you lost. But here, for some reason, he seems to think we don't, it's not, it can't be enough that we allow you to eat the chance, to take the chance. It has to accept, not clear, right? Rashba seems to believe this, you know, but it's not, but not clear exactly how his argument works. Okay? That's one of his proofs. Here's a second proof. The second proof it starts um, six lines from the bottom on page three. He says, Another proof I have is, basaruba." Because we had the question, how do we know this thing the rabbi said? But I see on the We try and bring the proof from the fact that you can't, uh, right? That you can't, that you can't um, break a bone on Pesach. And again, we're going to prove right, that, you, that that's also, uh, right, that. That's like the Shkita case, where the right, where there's a part of the preparation of the Pesach requires a right, requires um, shatter, requires uh, shattering something that we can't check, um, right? So we have all those proofs. We have all those proofs from necessity. So now the last word says, "V'im Isa," and if the Rabbam were right, my raya mehani, l- uh, how could you bring a proof from those cases, the cases of necessity? To an ordinary case of probability. Da Basaruba, Hani Because says, like, suppose we didn't hold Zil Basaruba. What would we do in a case? What would we do in a case, let's say, you know, where there's a 0.001% chance that the animal was strafe? So we don't follow the majority. And we hold. Selfie on the like the Rama does. So who needs Zilbasaruba to eat them? Right? The Gemara says that we need Zilbasaruba to teach us that even in cases where there's an overwhelming probability that something is kosher, we're allowed to eat it. But if the is right, we don't need a plus uh, we don't we don't need a to teach us that. That's just intuition. So therefore, the Rashba says. H- says that the Rama must be wrong. The assumption of, in order to make sense of the Gemara, says the Rashba, we have to make the assumption that, of course, you cannot take chance. You cannot take even fifty percent chances. The question of the Gemara is: Am I allowed to take chances of less than fifty percent? And that requires right, uh, uh, right. And that require that requires a. Um, Right, that, right. So once we know the Torah bans even fifty percent chances, so now we need a verse to say that the Torah doesn't ban even one percent chances. And Remeir says it does. Right. So, right, so Remeir's position is that Remeir's position essentially is that we treat all possibilities as equally likely. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, right, whether it's a one percent chance or a forty-nine point nine 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 percent chance. Exactly right. But but the Torah has a rule that according according to the um, according to the Rashba that we treat you know, that um, that we treat um, which Rav Mary doesn't agree with necessarily. But the Torah has a rule that we treat fifty point oh one percent as certain. Right, and that's how right. That's how we allow, right. But otherwise, but normal right. Our natural view of probability is that all things are equally likely. And then right. And then we right. And then, but then we prove because we have this principle right that um, we have this principle that we're allowed to rely on Rove, um to eat right to eat things even though right you know even though that's there's no proof there's no there's no proof of it all. It's just intuition right that we follow probability. Okay. So yes. Yeah. But I have ten states nine of them are kosher, one of them straight. Yeah. So that right. So we have to deal with a more complicated case, right, which is related to the right, which is right, so when we say I'm allowed to rely on probability, I'm allowed to rely on probability even in cases where the combination of probabilities, right, isn't right makes it impossible. Like I have ten pieces of meat, each of which has a ninety percent chance of eating of being kosher, can I eat all ten pieces of meat? Right, that's that's a that's a separate problem. Okay, right. There are two paths, one kosher right, one tame and one tahor, and I walk both paths. And then is all sorts of like maybe it matters whether I walk both paths? What about if that's two different people, if two if two different people walk the paths, can I declare bright the uh, right? Can I declare both of them but is is Can I declare both of them it? does it matter whether they come simultaneously, right, or they or they come sequentially, right? All those are all those are all second stage, second order issues. Yeah, right. We could try that. Like, is there any position I don't know any position like that, but it would be fun. I don't know. I don't know any position like that, but it would be fun. It's hard to imagine that somebody hasn't thought of it somewhere along the way. Um, right, there should be a mathematical person right. Mathematically a person who enjoys the form, you know, working on the formula. Um, okay, but what I want to get to is underlying it, right? So underlying it is is that really what's at stake between Rehmeyer and the Rabbanon is the question of whether probability has any basis at all. Rehmeyer says, fundamentally, all possibilities are equally probable. And the Rabbanans say, no, we have this cool idea. Now, where would I get this notion that there's a principle in Chazal that is willing to treat all possibilities as equally probable? So the answer is now we go back to the weird case I gave you uh, previously, right, what happens what happens I don't remember which store I bought it in. So that seems really weird, right? because we call Kavua. That seems really weird, right? There's not we know there's ninety percent chance to meet a kosher. Why am I halakhically required requires a it to 50-50? So the answer is because all possibilities are equally likely. And right and we require some kind of we require right we're look right we're looking for some we might need a to teach us that we can discount any probability. So maybe Kavuah is actually the default setting. And right, and what we call Rov is the right is the is the khidosh. Okay. So we are now, right, is that we have uh we have a and and Raivit about whether Safe Derisah is the Khumra or the Kula. And the, sorry, Ram and And the Rashba says that he can prove his position two ways. A, as Raisafar correctly framed it, that. The Rashba says he can't imagine that there is something you are allowed to eat that nonetheless you have to bring a korban for eating, but really that's nice, not so glut because he's willing to admit that there are actions you can take that require a korban afterwards. It's just somehow he thinks that there can't be. I can't tell you to eat this chesah, <laughs> right? Somehow like that, and we don't really know how he gets the difference between the one and the, the one and the two. And his second proof is that the Gemara seems to think that we need a we need we need a verse. To um, to allow me to um, to eat something that has a a percent chance of being treif and that makes no sense unless we already know that I'm not allowed to eat things that have a a a fifty percent great, um, or greater chance of being trafe. Okay, so now we're going to go to the um, we're going to go to the sha, shari sha-ri-yosha. shariyosha. is um and Shkup. He is an early twentieth century figure. Um, taught most prominently at Tells, although there was a uh, right there was a year or two I think at YU when he, uh, when he was uh, like before the war I think or something I don't remember exactly what it was but there was a year or two when he was at YU all sorts of famous photos and stories, um, and what I'm really coming from here is I'm res- responding to a marvelous article by Rabbi Alex Ozer, who is the J L I C at Yale, uh, things that shatter roofs and so I've been trying you know since I read his really marvelous article I've been trying to figure out whether I agree with it or not. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll try once again tonight, right, to read Roshim and Shikaf on this and see if uh, see which way we come out. I should point out that you that I mean, Ozer wrote this article, but you know he is, he is in dialogue with uh, a bunch of famous scholars who have written on opposite sides of this. The scholar who takes the opposite side is uh, most strongly is is Dr. Shai Wosner, uh, who has a whole book in Roshim and Shikaf. Um Okay. We're gonna find out. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't want to bias you, right? Just right. saying, right? I'm trying to. Right? There is a his argument takes sides in an right, old That's dispute. Not, just to make yeah, that message. yeah. That's right. Okay. So So this is Rashi and in and Pei Zion. We're gonna go with Pei Zion, and then we're gonna um, we're gonna uh, skip to the sec- to the second side. I think he uh, says. So the Beit Mayor writes right that so the bait Mayor writes right that regarding a Sefik mumzer, the gam beruv beruv psulim et slamin haTorah the mayor takes a position which I think is, Rav moshe Feinstein takes a position, I've written about it extensively, it's a cool position. It says that when we say that Suffolk Mamzer is mutter Minatura we don't mean that a 50-50 Mamzer is mutter Minatura We mean that even a 99% chance Mamzer, 1% chance not Mamzer, is also Mutar mutter minatura. When we say Suffolk Mamzer, we mean <coughs> we treat all possibilities, uh, right? we treat any possibility that he's not a Mamzer as making him not a Mamzer. Right, so it's not the ordinary rules of Safiq, uh, right? You all get the, right, the parallels to the reverse case where we treat every possibility in the first al-Khumra. So Ma'amuzur is a case where we treat any possibility as creating a, uh, as creating a kula. The uh, gam berov mutar, right? Even if you have a case where the, um, where you know that the, that most of the, most of the candidates for the father of this baby is um, right. Is right. Would 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 make the baby a mamzer? So what? As long as there is a possibility that the father is someone who wouldn't make the baby a mamzer with this woman, you're all good. Uh, right? It says the <laughs> hatura Since once the Torah declared that a safek is muter, so then you can't make the zingar. What what degree of safek you have or not? Okay. It says the um, mamish. And even if we're going to take, right, even if we would halachically regard it, there isn't even a way of getting it, right? We could form because there are circumstances where we, we we could apply kavua to create a 50-50 case, right? So the the place which which messes up any definition of kavua is that the Gemara compares the case, right? We had the two cases we talked about were meat, right? Nine, right? Ten butcher stands, and one case is where you find the meat in a place where it could only have come from one of them, and one is we don't remember where you right, where you got it, and that is fairly easily formulatable in yeshivish terms is it depends on whether on um, the makom ledes ha and if anybody ever interrogates you about this issue you just say it depends on the makom ledes ha and in every case they throw at you you say no, the makom ledes ha is right, <laughs> is, um, right, so whatever that, but it's it not an intuit, intuition in that case that the um, that the meat has actually separated from the stores when you make the decision when you find it in front, whereas if you don't remember where you bought it, right? You're still judging on the meat in the context of the stores, and so it's a bounded set. Right? It's, a, it's an intuition a little bit. It's a very weak formulation. The Gemara compares this to the case where you have, a, right, where it matters whether the um, whether the uh, the woman stayed put and the man came to her, or the man stayed put and the woman and the woman went to her. If the, right, uh if the woman stayed put and the man came to her, so then we say cold to parish. The man is that's a case like the finding the meat in front of the stores, and so the man is, is whatever the man is presumed to be whatever the majority of men in the town are. But if the man stayed put and the woman went to him, so then the man is like that's like that's like forgetting which store you bought it in and now it's 50-50 no matter what the real odds are. Okay, that that's where that, that whole thing breaks down. There's I, I don't have any way of salvaging it. But the point of the Rosh here, I think, of the Shonish Kapir is saying, you know what, it's not just that we allow him in a case of, of the constructed suffix, right? 90% of the men are pussel, but the woman went to him, so we're going to treat it as 15%. Even if all halakhic and real things are, like we, we it's 90% and we treat it as 90%, if you ask us, halakha, what are the odds of this baby's a mamzer? Right? Assuming that a mamzer is a real thing, the odds are 90% this baby's a mamzer. So what? The Torah says that Right, the Torah, the Torah. Well, the Torah says mamzer vaday v'lo mamzer suffek. We take the mamzer. We take the vaday literally. Unless you're absolutely certain it's a mamzer, it's mochter. Okay, Rav Moshe Feinstein Paskins this way, and it's really and it has you know radical implications of the halacha. Okay, so now right, he says and he says that the um, that the that the bais meyer has a has has a raya right, and his raya is the kol suffek shariyav afilu kar afilu karv and this, the mayor writes, even if you hold Suffolk the le'chumrah generally, right, you can still say this. So that's a big Kiddush, because it's very reasonable to argue that the pers- right, the, the, the position which says Suffolk deoraisa is le'kula, right, de and it's only the'chumrah de de'orbanan. So you can say, okay, so we have to ask them, so then why do we need a verse by Mamzer? And the answer is we need a verse by Mamzer to tell us there's a special halacha that Mamzer even 1% counts as a suffix but the base mayor says, no, even if, according to the Rashba, he says, the, Right, the, um, right, the Pasuk by Mamzer teaches us that even, that we can, tr- a 1% chance the Kula is enough. Okay, so that also teaches us that there seems like, he seems to think that there's still a fundamental, even though we say Zil Aruba, but our underlying position is really that all things are equally likely. Because right, we go back to it in the case of Mamsa. Okay, so now we're going to turn the page. Right, um, right. He spends time, work, he spends time um, working out Rabbi Safar's cases and talking about the cases where, where you have... But that's not a ritual. Really sure. We're going to turn to society base now. Okay, he says... So from Rabbi Safar's type cases, he says from the fact and he thinks that this is dispositive... That there are cases where we allow the action but don't allow the action when it changes, when it turns the when it turns suffix into certainty, like when you right, two people walk, one person walks the same path, right? Walks two paths, sorry, walks both paths, and we don't say it. So the fact that we, right, that we don't, we that we don't, uh, that in, in such circumstances we don't stick to our position, that a suffix is mutter means, uh, right, means is it means that claiming that you can eat something does not transform the nature of the object. It's just the action. Okay. So here, Shem and Shkap starts revealing his right, his. his right. He says, "You know what? It just means the Torah says you're allowed to take this chance, even though there's a chance you'll be punished." Because you might have done something else. But when the Torah says, you're allowed to do it, you're allowed to do it. Does it mean that the thing itself is motor? Okay. He says, He says, if this is so, then, okay. So there are certain circumstances, like Bamzerus, where the Torah says, go ahead, do it. Even though there's a chance that it's really us. But what if the Torah says nothing? Now, you, we would have said, that's the Machlogas Rashba and all right, Rashba and, uh, and Rambam. But Machlogas Rashba and Rambam is only about cases that are exactly 50%. Says, but the real question is not 50%. 50% is an artificial thing. Right? The real question is, whatever entitles me to take a 1% chance? And he says, rationally, wherever the Torah tells us does not give us instructions about what to do with uncertainty. Every person should be concerned for their own, for their own soul, Right, just like you're worried about bodily harm. So we don't say, okay, you know what? Well, there's a forty-nine There's a forty-nine. There's only a forty-nine percent chance that I'm right. That I'm going to break my leg if I jump off this cliff. So sure, I'll break it. Right, I'll jump off this cliff, uh, and then I'll be surprised and horrified if it turns out I break my leg. No, right, you, right. You make a uh, you make a cost-benefit analysis. So Rosh says that in cases where the Torah doesn't say explicitly that you're allowed, that tzafik is l'kula, you should think about your soul that way. I'm eating something that has a, that has a 1% chance of being traif. Well, that's a 1% chance of breaking my leg. Why is it worth it to me? Uh, all right, so continuing in the bowl thing. The he's here el bi'yichud, bi'isur, gozer kein. And even the Torah never said I will do it, but it's a reasonable principle. Why would you take the chance? Just like people guard themselves from risk of harm, even without the commandment of the Torah. So now you tell me, but there is a commandment of the Torah. Why is there a commandment of the Torah? So that commandment of the Torah must be redundant. So ask you, is it wrong? Suppose there were no biblical, there were there, were, there is no, there is no biblical command of nishmartim olad or let's say straight maybe nishmartim olad short of pikoach nefesh, is only about, is only tells you that you're not allowed to take risks of fifty percent or greater. Okay? Maybe it only allows you to take, maybe according to the Rambam it only bans you from taking risks of greater than fifty percent, and fifty percent is fine. So in that case. Is it wrong to take risks? Now you'll tell me nobody would ever think this way halakhically, but Ray Bleich does. Uh, Ray Bleich Poskins about certain kinds of surgeries. That what matters is whether the odds of recovery are greater, right? Are, uh, the odds of recovery are greater than fifty percent, and things like that, right? So there are. It's not, a surgery, well, a surgery that's elective, but, you know, it has, a, you, it has a purpose you really want to take it, right? You're risking X in case of Y's, right? So I think in some of those circumstances, it really depends on whether it's 50% or not. Um, okay, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to yell and scream at him about those, so I can't tell you that he really didn't hold that, which sometimes worked, but I screamed at him at great, at great length. But <laughs> um, that doesn't, you don't really think that, but he does. So far, as I think he really does. And he's not the only one, obviously, right? He's not saying something midato on that. Um, it's a perfectly reasonable abstract default for people to take that position. So, what do you think, right? Do you think, right, when Hashem Hashem says "haseichel gozer right? That, that, does that does the intellect does the intellect teach you that it's unwise to do it? Does the intellect teach you that it's wrong to do it? Uh, and when the intellect teaches it's wrong to do it, does that mean it's wrong to do it, and therefore it goes against the divine command? Right? What's the status of this thing? Right. So we'll go on, right? Now, but now you get this is the this is the issue that 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 I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is the what does Rishim what what does, does have a category of normativity, right? Of things that you have to do, normativity, right? Things that you have to do, which is unique. And which is right, which is independent of Halacha. Um but not the same as ethics. Right? That is right, that's that's the that's the that's the um right, does he does he think right does he does he think that you're wrong for doing it? Or just that you're stupid for doing it. <laughs> saying said the yeah. He says "vaday raui" right above. "raui khoda, right? So "raui" is a you know is a term of appropriateness. And he says "seichel gozer." So "gozer" is like you know sounds like normative language. And yeah, what could base it? Right? Why? Why, why is there? Right? Why does reason impose obligations that way? If I choose right, and you'll see that that we get the language the other way, right? So we he, goes, he says "vinkein," "mashegil talan eturab sheloshamikemot," "besafek tu rabbi," "besafek mamad," "besafek orla bechutz lares." The Torah tells us in three places: Go ahead. This suffix is mutar. So it's like you know, this it works out that there are things that you know, the Torah says: Go ahead. I'm not going to blame you at all for doing it, but you might need atonement. And that's like a fascinating notion of what atonement is. Atonement isn't something you need because you did something wrong. Atonement is something you need because you did something icer. But it was the thing was icer, but the action right is a wild thing. Right, it's a wild, wild thing. That's how you know he doesn't work within the Rashba's assumption, which itself is a very complicated assumption. Uh, right. So right, he says like if the thing doesn't actually turn into icer. It doesn't actually turn into Henter, so the thing must remain Usser, and you did the action, so they, so you did the action of eating Usser things, but it's okay. So the Torah said it's okay. But the fact that the Torah said it's okay doesn't mean the Torah won't then say, whoops, you lost, you need a Kapara. What happens if you don't get the Kapara? I don't know. Uh, but now what she says, he says, but we shouldn't think too much about this. <laughs> Look, there is that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> but the Torah only says it about these three things. Didn't reveal about there. <laughs> I, went, <where? laughs> I thought about right? Now he's doing a <laughs> Right now, he thinks they can do whatever you want. But apparently, he's in a Seychelles Gozer cane. What I'm saying is, he's yeah. not operating in a, in a Yeah. But he said the Torah doesn't impose. Every other area, every other area where the Torah doesn't tell you Suffolk is mutter, but what the Torah said, leaves you to say is okay, <coughs> look, you do what you want, but just be aware, there's a risk. <coughs> Now, the risk is not different than the risk where the Torah tells you that this is mutter. It's just when the Torah tells you it's mutter, the Torah tells you, don't worry about it. It's a gharaz you right The Torah tells you, go ahead, take that risk, even though you might get punished for it. And here, the Torah says, no, you can decide for yourself whether to take that risk. But then it's not halachic, it's not really a halachic. No, it's not really a halachic. But, it's not, but is it, does he think it's wrong? Does right? he think it's wrong? It's not halachic. Right, so is he establishing a category of wrong that is wholly independent of Halakha? There are things that are completely the Torah is utterly indifferent to, but they're wrong. Or is he saying, no, there are things the Torah doesn't have to tell you are wrong? Because if you have a brain, you know they're wrong. So if you're an idiot. So you're bound I don't know, right? That's the it'll get worse. Here, let's let's, let's watch why we build this this really this really really, really fun theory. Okay. He says, um the uh bevet kid of flum. Oh, right, we did it, okay. Softenal ill but per gimel the mashukas of a ramam kolhas feko So now he says when the Rama says suffic suffix dearsa le is only duraban, right? What he means is all that means is that the Torah didn't take a position one way or the other about Suffic. Just the Torah right, the Torah gave Chazal the authority to decide when to impose rules about this and when not to impose rules about this. Um, Yesh bi'adam, right, so that right, so the, um, the right, the, the, the when Chazal can tell you when well, the Rama means, that suffix de reis de l'chomer is only de it's actually, what right, it actually means is that the Torah just left complete discretion to the rabbis as to what to do in circumstances like that. And so Chazal want to tell you to be make you a particular case, go ahead. So it's not right. So the Torah doesn't say it's usher. The Torah also didn't say it's mutter. It's neither Usr nor mutter. It's right now it's a halachic gray space. The Torah says it's mutter, then you can go ahead and do it despite the risk. So that's exeris akasiv. When the Torah doesn't say it's mutter, then it's in this gray area where Chazal have the authority to do whatever they whatever they want. Um, right, and therefore, right, every says it. because the gam Torah Because look, the Torah, the Torah says that something really requires atonement, and nonetheless, it tells you that it's before Chazal. Uh, before Chazal, uh, after, before Chazal offered. Okay, well, let's read the last section of Tzadivav and let's see, and let's see if we can get we get if we get if we get anywhere trying to get it um, clearer. So in Tzad-i-Vav, he repeats his previous. He repeats. He repeats the. Uh, the challenge, the 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 Rashba's challenge to the to the Rambam from the case of Zilbasaruba. Anyways, um, he Lefi <laughs> Mashrikasafti, right? I saw the fourth line down. <laughs> Even though the Torah never forbade things that are safek, <laughs> We forbid it ourselves. <laughs> so therefore. When the Torah tells us to, that we can bring a carbon pe- pesach without worrying that it's not actually a a, a kosher carbon pesach, uh, we can eat it even though it wasn't actually a, a kosher carbon pesach because of this outside this outside chance. That teaches us that we can be Azlina basaruba. hachi ech Okay. Now so he's like the the fact that the Torah tells us to do things. Which, in principle, otherwise the Torah would tell the Torah would be neutral about them, and we would and we would have to take the risk. Um, so the fact that Torah tells us to go ahead, and, and to go ahead and not worry about the risk in this case, right? The system is really involved, right? Because in the cases of something mamzer, the Torah tells you, but you still need kapara. When it comes to korban pesach, the Torah tells you to go ahead. Uh, to, go, to go ahead. And the Torah, how could the Torah tell us to go ahead if really the Torah is telling us to take a risk of a and he says So in cases where the Torah says explicitly so we just have to bracket those cases they're, they're but when the Torah just says things that implicitly means we, should, we can take risks that teaches us a principle. It's a wild inversion, right? The explicit cases teach us nothing. because <laughs> The explicit cases we just disregard. But the implicit cases, if the Torah tells you to eat a Korban Pesach, even though we know that there's a 1% chance that the Korban Pesach is invalid, that must mean the Torah is telling us that we can rely on majorities, uh, even though we can't rely on, the Torah is not telling us we can rely on Sveikah. So majority is treated as her is telling us there that a the majority treats uh, treats as a so he says lafiza according to this allah la anad ikaraku lak bin rambam wa hokim alav dil harambam tariqa dam lifrosh frosh misafiki sur al pid dar hayashar af taram ashru khazal so the rambam thinks that it was necessary it was intellectually necessary for a person to be porridge from a, uh, right, from Suffolk, even before Chazal forbade it. And what Chazal did was take something which was a matter of seichel and make it a matter of law. But the people who disagree with the Rambam think that it was never a matter of seichel at all. Right, the Torah actually, the, to- the, right, the Torah actually forbade it. Um and then he has fun arguing and this is all, everything will reverse in the case of the Rabbanans, um, that, um, yeah, okay, right, that, that's the, uh, that, the, um, that according, to the, according to the Rambam, when it comes to Yisrael Rabbanan, the Rambam doesn't think that there is a rational obligation to obey Chazal. So he thinks he needs a, he needs a Pasuk to teach you that you have to, follow, you have to obey Chazal, whereas Ramban, doesn't need a biblical source to teach you. They have to. They have to follow the Rambans, right? it's Right? Famous ramban, that right? That rejects the idea that losasser applies to the rabbans. And the ramban says because the, the following the rabbis is a matter according to them, of just sechel. You don't need a command. Um. Okay. But how do you understand Rosh Hashanah, Right about right. According to the, according to the ramban, right? What is the what is the condition of a um, of a of a Suffolk. Is it wrong? And Rosh Hashem has a category of wrong that is totally external to halacha, and even to Torah, right? Things that the Torah just absolutely leaves out, but how can you do them? They're irrational? Or is he saying, no, like, you know what? That's not a normative category. It's just, uh, right? It's just wise. You go with just wise. Rebiozer I mean, goes with normative category. So right, that's where that, that is the and I, and I you know, think he just floats. Uh, you know, he says in one place, right? Seichel goes the other place he says Yasek if he were so, no. uh, He compares it to the Ramban about the Rambans. Would anyone say that the Ramban about the Rambans doesn't think there's a wrong in following Rabbans? Hard for me to think that he really thinks that. Uh, right, that's the that's a that's a strong proof for Rabbi Ozer. On the other hand, the language yasek, if you were to do. Well is, yeah. is does he have any other many, many, many seems less, one. You do have to right. under what? of well the Rama in the end says it's Dirabana, right? So we all agree in the end something Deris is usr because right, 'cause there's a Drabana. Because the Rama says that we're choose to Imposing Israel, they have the right to the Torah. All blanks in the Torah, Chazal have the right to fill. Right, that's the right, that, that's, that's the right, so that's, so the, the Rabbanan's, the Rabbanan's, the, the right the Chumrah is just a, a hole the rabbis chose to fill. The question is before the rabbis. You're yes. Yeah. Right yeah so what is that <laughs> And so you think there really is a category of normativity okay, right so that's that's the you know then the interesting thing of that is at the end of the day, right so what do we think about cases which have a ten percent chance of iser? They're not, right, they're not, right, or, right, so the problem, we have the question, what do we think about Safi Drobata Mikula, right, so whatever, right, so what, right, so what, right? So, what so, we, so we have to figure out like what we think about the the, the status of Drobata Nisora, and what do we think about 5% chances of So Right, they're not, right, you know, that, that, that why, why, right, so we, we, we follow Robe in those cases, but following Robe in those cases, if we follow this lot, doesn't leave us, that doesn't mean we don't need kapara if we get, if we got it wrong. So in fact, right there right, we have this category of mirhamatsui, right? We don't actually allow people to rely even on roves there are right, so much of the time. We allow people, right, we we require people to rely on overwhelming roves. Um, and even so, right, so that remay at the end of it I think that you know that the this makes a great deal of sense to right? Remay, right? Why would we follow majority? So if you think that we follow majority because majority, because the Torah by saying follow the majority transforms the nature of the action, and now there's no risk at all. So great. But if you think it doesn't transform the the nature of the action, there's still a risk of Kapara. So then every, every, you know, that every derisa has to be decided on a sliding scale. All right, what are the gains and what are the risks? Um, so that's like that's what you know, one of the dangerous outcomes of, of this is that it you know it makes one much much more ner- if it's right, it makes one much much more nervous about all about all the terror. Um, so I'm not sure I'm you know I'm not sure I'm happy with it at the end. I don't I you know, I think I'm, i might be much happier with notions that um, whatever whatever is mutter is uh, whatever whatever is mutter is um, is really mutter as opposed to this notion that the things that are mutter nonetheless require atonement. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't can't back that up. Not even a majority question, but just uh, what's if Fazal was wrong about something? Right. I Meaning, are, are we actively doing the every time we follow Chazal? You know, they said it, so now we follow it. Yeah. Yeah. right. So in the book, I try to like you know, deal, I have fun dealing with the um, the uh, the the, the Das has this, what well, as I understand his theory, right, he says you know he. I putting a lot of fancy stuff into it, right? I'll, I'll explain history this way, right? There's a, he has a quantum vision of the world, right? So the world only, only probability exists. and the psak collapses the wave, and therefore it really should be that you don't have to worry about the mean having been treif, because once we pasquin is once we that it's um, that it's kosher, it turns out that the probability that the that that the possibility that it was kosher right is, is actualized. Uh, right, so right, so he thinks. He, think, he, goes, he he thinks that when we say that, you know, when we say that he beat Bill so Rice over Alma. The God looked at the Torah and created the world. It doesn't mean that God once looked at the Torah and created the world. It means that God is God is constantly looking at the Torah as we decide it, and recreating the world and recreating the world in that image. Uh, so according to him, there shouldn't be <laughs> right, There shouldn't be such a risk. Um, but not, but nonetheless, it turns out sometimes that it does turn out to be false, <laughs> right? So the right so the so when I look, I try to figure like philosophically why would why would God why would we create error in the world, right? If really the world is supposed to be created by terror that's an interesting challenge. There are places where it doesn't. You know, Rav Moshe, uh, in Aguna cases, Rav Moshe says that uh, we just have a you know chazaka I'm liking the word uh, right, the about. Some, like the people who are a like, great don't make don't, right? Don't make you know, God protects them from from errors, and all these stories where like people think that they're doing something wrong, but it turns out that they that that it turns out that way. And so Moshe says that about Agunos, you know, somebody presents him with a case where it seems like the husband was really not dead, and he says, I, you know this guy's an imposter because there's a real psak that the husband was dead, and if there's a real psak the husband was dead, this guy can't be him, and of course it turns out to be true. Um, <laughs> right, so that's right, you know. So they, so right. There are there are ways of constructing the world that way that are uh, that you know that 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 can get there. I'm I, I'm just not sure. At the end of the day, though, you know. So the last thing we'll just introduce that is philosophically. Um, Ray Sachs talks about his teacher Bernard something or other. His name I always forget. Uh, who raises the question of moral luck? How do we regard how do we how do we regard people who did things that turned out right? But couldn't right? Do we like right, you know? If two people do the exact same action, each of which has you know has a seventy five percent right. Doc, two doctors perform the same operation, has a seventy five percent chance of curing and a twenty five percent chance of killing. Right? Four doctors right, and three of them save the patient and one of them kills the patient. Kills the patient right. So do we look at them differently or do we just say look, they all, right? They all they all they all took the same chance that so we should look at them. So we don't usually. Right? We pun it right. If you know if let's say you know if. if Two people throw, you know, throw throw a brick at a window, and one of them bounces off. All right? We don't make him pay the damages. The other one, we do, even though, right, for their purposes, they had no, way, right, you know, there's no individualized. So that that's a question I think about a lot. Is like right, whether whether Judaism has has any space for for moral luck that do we evaluate actions by how they turn out rather than by the statistics? At the moment, you took them. This seems to be part of the same uh, question. All right. Thank you very much for indulging me. <laughs> <And then laughs> uh, it's it's on his like.